0: Hello, this is Rabbi Abram Goodstein.
1: Hi everybody, this is Reverend Matthew Schultz.
0: And you're listening to our new podcast, What Divines Us. I want to make sure you feel
1: welcome. Yeah, glad you're all here. We're going to take some time to um, talk about our respective religions and hopefully say some things that are interesting to you all as well.
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, Matt and I have been talking quite a bit about what divines us and what it means, and we really want to show sort of what our religions are about. But we also want to show that Matt and I, we're like normal guys who decided to become clergy. Um, we don't spend all day studying or praying, uh, and so that's one of our goals for this show as well.
1: Well, when God's lightning bolt hit me and he told me, go be a pastor, that's, that's how it happened to you, right?
0: <laughs> no. Oh, no, I'm more like, like like the whole, like, what if God was one of us kind of people. Oh, and then, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah Joan yeah, Osborne yeah. told you, go, yeah.
1: be a, go be a clergy.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right. Nice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we, we plan to uh, Our show is going to have, we, we hope, is three segments The first one being what we call Religion 101 Where uh, Matt and I talk to each other about our own religions Hopefully you learn a thing or two in the process Our, our next part will be called Stray Dogma Where I think Matt and I will focus on uh, what annoys us yeah. About our
1: religion, is that right? I think so. Things that are within our own communities and uh, traditions that we think, what the heck is that going on for? Yeah.
0: And then our third one will be uh, something like modern theology where Matt and I will will discuss things that happen sort of maybe in the headlines that
1: relate with theology or maybe just like fun shows or that we pop like pop culture. We need a better name for that segment still so <laughs> we'll brainstorm on that Yeah, come up with better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
0: let's get let's get started. Sure. So um, so our first segment religion 101 mm-hmm. Essentially, Matt and I want to ask each other the dumb questions so that you don't have to. And so what we decided to do for our topic this month is uh, what a newcomer experiences when they enter our faith community.
1: And so, uh, Matt, who do do you want
0: to start? Should I start?
1: Well, we can flip a coin, and no one will be able to see who won. (laughs) Right. But uh, why don't you start? Okay. Um, Yeah. Oh, Why don't I ask you a couple of questions to get the ball rolling? That works Sure. All right.
0: Yeah, before you do, can I just, like, kind of paint, like, a word picture? Yeah, sure. Um, I first want to say that, like you know i'm a rabbi so obviously my community is mostly jewish but anyone is welcome to our shabbat services and you know jewish or non-jewish you're always welcome now pre-covid days you could come into our building but uh you know during covid days you know you can watch our live feed which maybe matt and i will talk about how to get to that later and then uh and hopefully when listeners could be listening at this point listening to this podcast post-covid days or our buildings are open again. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, I wonder
1: who the warrior king is
0: right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all right. So so uh, you want to ask me a few questions? Sure, man? yeah.
1: yeah. Um, well, in the interest of questions that maybe other people have too, when we think about being Jewish, mm-hmm. there's the difference that we hear people say, I'm a practicing Jew or an observant Jew or perhaps someone who is Jewish because of Ethnicity being born, and is that the proper phrase? Or those who choose to attend the religious services on a regular basis? Do you want to take a little time and give us a very quick introversion to those differences?
0: The answer is yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now I think so. So yes, you have you have people who are born Jewish, and you also have Jews who what we call a Jew Jew by choice. Now it's really important to point out that in our faith community, I I don't know who's who often. Mm-hmm. Once you convert to Judaism, it's as if you were always Jewish. Okay. We want to make sure that no one feels like they're on a special standing just because they are born Jewish, right? There are there are no, like, muggles, if you will, <laughs> in Judaism. Um, everyone who converts to Judaism is exactly the same as anyone who was born into it. Gotcha. Okay. Is that helpful? Yes, it but, is. That's but nice. you're right, though. There is seems to be... Um, a difference between someone who's, who claims that they're culturally Jewish yeah. and like religiously jewish That's a little bit harder to unpack. Uh, so someone that's culturally Jewish, I would argue, is someone that like, let's say, likes to eat latkes at Hanukkah, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or um, or enjoys a good Passover meal, but maybe doesn't show up to uh, worship services all the time. I see. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of celebratory aspects of Judaism that I think many people like to participate in, but don't necessarily enjoy. Going to what I would say shul, which is another word for the synagogue,
1: right, um, right. And, uh, for worship reasons. So not to interrupt, but I would say there's uh, an analogous person in the Christian church who we call priesters, which Christers. is they only show up for Christmas and uh-huh, Easter.
0: Got and it. so
1: they were probably raised in the church. They probably would say, oh, of course, I'm a Christian or I'm a Catholic or I'm a Presbyterian, whatever. But you would never know that by watching their day-to-day schedule. But Christmas and Easter, they're there. And yeah. so they would. Uh, so that might be sort of similar.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and I think, and, that, and, and Matt, maybe you'll unpack this more when you talk about your um, your faith community, but, like, you know, there's lots of, lots of different Jews enter into our faith community in lots of different ways, right? Yeah. For example, we've got a pretty good book club, and so, mm-hmm, you know, we mm-hmm. got, that's something that maybe we have people who do that and nothing else. Right. And so it, it, we, we try to offer as much as we can for our members so that they can find something they find
1: meaningful for them. Yeah. And as they, you know, join our faith community. So as someone does choose to join your faith community, uh, how does what's I would say maybe the most common way that someone, Becomes a member of your faith community, right?
0: So, so like, okay. So, first of all, this is this is a fun problem for a rabbi, right? So, if, if I'm, you know, I'm at my, you know, I'm at synagogue. It's Friday night, which is when our services start. By the way, Friday night, and uh, a stranger walks in. You know, I'm like, is this person Jewish or not Jewish? <laughs> I'm not sure, and I don't. I, I want to be very welcoming. I don't want to feel them put them out of place. So I have to ask like like a question that sort of like yeah helps answer that without it really being clear. So I've, I've gotten I've gotten good at this. Often I'll say, so where'd you grow up? And they'll tell me a little And I say, uh-huh. and what temple did you go to when you were there? And that's oh, usually nice. what happens if they're not just if they're not Jewish. They'll say, "Oh, well, I'm, I'm not Jewish, so I didn't go." And if the, mm-hmm. they are, they're like, oh, yeah, I was at Sinai for a few years and blah blah blah." blah, blah. And then I know, I, and right, that's right. how I ascertain sort of the the difference. Like I said, everyone's welcome, of course. Right. But if, if I see a stranger,
1: I'm going to welcome them as fast as I can to our sure, community. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Have you done the thing where you're like, hey, welcome, it's it's good to see you, what's your name? And then they say, well, I've met you ten times already.
0: <laughs> it's one of my biggest fears, <laughs> We had man. dinner two
1: months ago together.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, it, that has, yes, it happens. That's the worst. It ha- it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: that will be a segment some other day, the, the biggest clergy mistakes, and that might be toward the top.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that would be a good one. Yeah, yeah we'll I do that
1: fun. one. We could have fun with that one.
0: And so, so, so there's that. And then another thing that I'll say sometimes, like, so, do you recite the Shema? And if oh, they're okay. like, uh, well, I have in a while, Jewish. But if they're like, what's the Shema? Then I kind of there you go. Yeah, so yeah.
1: You, you take the temperature in in like sneaky ways, <laughs> right? And you right. Go around. Right. Okay. I try. That's, yeah, that's sort of what I try to be. Yeah. That's really um, funny. I like that. <laughs> Um, all right. So let's imagine then they attend. Is it an immediate thing where you would say to them, "Here's how you join," or do they attend a few times first? What's the so process? Uh,
0: essentially what happens is that if someone at all expresses interest in becoming Jewish, I, I try to do like a one on one with them mm-hmm. to express to them sort of like the work it requires to become Jewish. Right? Mm-hmm. We don't proselytize. You know, we're not. We don't evangelize. We're, our goal isn't trying to like get other people in. It's quite the opposite, almost. Yeah. Um, but uh, but. Uh, so what I'll say is that, like, look, it is a minimum a year process mm-hmm. to become a member of our community. Um, that's because we want you to spend a, like a, a year experiencing the Jewish calendar. And then we also say they have to uh, take at least 12 classes. And, uh, and, then, and then after that, so it's been over a year, they've taken the classes. Then they have to sit in front of what's called a Beit Deen. Um, which is Hebrew for house of judgment. I thought you said a big dean. A bait, bait dean. Okay. Bait. Bait. Which means house, and dean means kind of judgment. Now, it's not It's not supposed to be judgmental. Well, no, I know kind of going you're going that way. But that's no. why you say it in no. Hebrew, yeah. not in English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and what a bait dean is, a bait dean is three community members okay. that ask questions uh-huh. to this con- potential convert, why Judaism? Yeah, it is. It can be a difficult religion to be a member of. We've got a lot of baggage in sure. Judaism. Yeah, and and, yeah. and then also ask questions like your feelings about God, your favorite Jewish holiday, and then the be- dean decides whether they're in
1: or not. They, they each get a vote. Okay, right? majority vote wins, and so and, and you said it's three. It's three, Okay. Yeah. Is it three regardless of the size of the synagogue, or is it all? It's normally
0: just three. I, yeah, okay. I don't know, I never thought about that before.
1: <laughs> but yes, it's normally just
0: three. Okay. And uh, and so, I sometimes the rabbi's involved. I've learned that like I can't be involved. I'm too close to the person trying to convert. Yeah. I'll either ask yeah. like, questions that are too hard, uh-huh. or I'll ask questions that are too easy, or my, just my very presence there might affect how the Beit Dean votes, yeah, and so yeah. I've decided to step away. From Smart. The bait. It, yep. I don't know. it's Personal choice, but um, but often a rabbi is there, and so uh, and then so then the Beit Dean decides. I, most Beit Deans say yes, right? It's not. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like I joke to the person who's converting, you should be nervous, but not scared, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> and then, uh, but then after that, they're still not done, right? In our in our community, they kind of are, but but the, but the next thing they need to do is call something called the mikvah. And a mikvah is like a baptism, right? It's like a ritual bath. A mikvah is essentially, um, they have to fully immerse themselves in uh, sort of like this bath, which can actually be any natural body of water. So technically, in Alaska, we've got mikvahs everywhere. But they're cold. Yeah, really? (laughs) It has to be a natural body? Yes. Yes. It cannot be a pool. You know, a chlorinated pool does not count as a mikvah. Interesting. Now, I can get Talmudic on you uh Uh (laughs) is that a threat (laughs) that's a threat yes and give you the percentage of what has to be natural oh right right
1: oh there's been or like the the lake where my family goes in the summer is actually a man-made lake they blocked up a river so it became a lake does that count does the river feed into the lake yeah then yes okay uh but if it's water that you got from your
0: faucet into a big enough bath
1: But the water in my
0: faucet comes from a lake. It did, but it went through the ground. It became groundwater for a moment there. Oh, wow. That's a no. OK. But nice. I can guarantee you the, there's deep arguments about I'm this. I'm sure, yeah. Us Jews love to argue about this <laughs> kind of stuff. But anyway, so, um, so, the, so, the, so the cool thing about mikvah is that you go in, you're not Jewish, you come out, you're Jewish, yay. Right. Um, but in our community, because the mikvah is so hard to access, we just say, after the Beit dean, you're Jewish. And then you can figure out the mikvah on your own. OK. And, uh, and, so, and I have lots of people who will go on a camping trip in the summer, yep. find some secluded lake, and mikvah themselves there. And then go right to the campfire afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and hoping no one saw them because you have to have to be
1: completely naked. Whoa, okay, yes, that's yes. different. The yeah. water has to touch all of your body. Well, so so that's a, a, a maybe a more important wrinkle as to why you don't do what our church does, which is we do it right during the worship service in front of everybody. Yes, but, yes. But and that's why we cart in the water. But also, if we had to be naked, we'd probably change It'd be that a rule. different so, process. Yeah, probably, yeah, yes, yeah for yes. sure.
0: Yeah, so, so there you go. That's sort of like nice. how you convert, and that's sort of like you know what to expect. But I just want to say, Matt, that I feel sorry for anyone that's not Jewish that sits through our service, because it is confusing as it can be. Why is that? First of all, it's in, he- well, at least two-thirds of it is in Hebrew, Yeah. right? Second of all, we don't have a cool thing that I believe you probably have called a hymnal.
1: We do have that, Yes, yeah, yeah
0: I'll talk about that. I'll ask you about that in a okay, moment. Yeah. But a hymnal is so awesome, right, because you could just say the number of you're talking about which corresponds mm-hmm. to something in your book. No, no. We just know the songs on the page. We just happen right. to know what they are and we just start singing them randomly. And some songs are thousands of years old mm-hmm. and some were made maybe fifty years ago. Our community has a custom of just knowing which ones to do. That part must be I just can't imagine how confusing it is for someone. Well I've who been walks to
1: in. I've been to a couple of I guess I would call them celebrations uh-huh. at your synagogue. and But they were not the typical yeah. <laughs> Friday Shabbat yeah, yeah. service, right? right? And so right. they were more geared toward welcoming in newcomers like me and, right. and so there there was still I would say maybe 40% in Hebrew
0: yes still and there 40%, were several yeah.
1: times where you or Michael would say and now now it's blah 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 or not, not even say that but just everybody would start something yeah yeah. and Elizabeth and yeah, I would look we'll at each all, other like what? we'll all start
0: standing without giving anyone any kind right? of warning yeah Ugh. I just can't imagine what it's like. But so, but if you sit through a uh, a, a Jewish worship service and you're not Jewish, congratulations, or as will say, yeah. mazel Tub, <laughs> you made it through a Jewish
1: service. Nice. I have no idea what to do. But uh, but yeah, but that's sort of part of, part of the experience of. Conversion. So now now once you have converted and been done the mikvah on your own time, I suppose, sure, and sure. also passed through the the Beit Din, uh-huh. you know, affirmation or or, or judgment, uh, is it then. Is it like a binary thing, like now, boom, you're 100%? Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. And, and not then, only that, not only are you 100%, but you are always.
1: Like for the rest like, of like, your like, life?
0: But No, no, no. We do a little like a retcon. Oh, really? Retroactive, yeah. Yeah, you were always Jewish. You've been Jewish this whole time. So when I say Whoa. my people were really damaged or hurt because of the Holocaust, that's your people as well, right? Wow. You're, you're taking on
1: that baggage. Now, that's beautiful, in terms of the relationship with that person being adopted in in a wholehearted manner, mm-hmm. However, the Jewish people have a history of having been oppressed based on their ethnicity and on their beliefs and practices. If I were to convert tomorrow, I've never had to shoulder that burden. For the first 48 years of my life now until tomorrow, I've had the privilege of being in the majority religion in this country. And then tomorrow I switch over. And if you were to say the hardships of my people, let me rephrase it. If I were then tomorrow to say the hardships of my people, wouldn't that be a little out of line? No. Well, first of all, it couldn't be tomorrow, right? It would have to be at least a year from now. Okay, like right, like say right. like yeah, after yeah. the one yeah. year process. Yeah. yeah, if you said uh,
0: yeah. if after the one year process you're converted, blah, blah blah, and you said the hardships of my people, I would be like, you are embracing
1: our religion. Okay. Thank you. That's that strikes me as very generous on behalf uh, from the community being very generous to the new person.
0: I mean, you kind of have to fake it till you make it. Right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 have you seen that episode of Seinfeld where I think it was a. The dentist character, one of the characters, uh, converts to Judaism because he likes the jokes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen many Seinfeld. It's been a while. I don't remember that one specifically, but yeah, it's, it's
1: very funny. Just yeah. for just for the Jewish jokes. And, new great Jew- dude. yes. and, and indeed, Jerry Seinfeld. Seinfeld was like, "You've been a Jew for a week. You can't make that joke. Is <laughs> <laughs> that fair? Right, right. <laughs> it was really good.
0: Uh, right. They shoulder a lot more than just burdens too. Like you know, we, we, we talk about how you know we crossed the uh, the Sinai, right? We wandered for forty yeah, years. Yeah. That was the Israelites. Technically, that wasn't, that wasn't us, right? but that was our ancestors. And so it just becomes sort of this we. And so anyone who converts sort of joins that, that we. So in, in, in the same sure. way, you can argue it's not totally authentic that, that I say I crossed the desert that's a good with point. my people. Yeah. Yeah. But I still that's still how I word it. It's still how I right. phrase it. Oh,
1: that's cool. That makes sense. OK, so now that's the process inward. Now, once someone is Jewish. Mm-hmm. Is that the proper way to phrase it? Sure, then, sure. Um, along with membership, typically would come both privileges and responsibilities. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what would those be? As
0: soon as they're members, I instilled them with the guilt they're not coming enough.
1: <laughs> like, oh, my gosh.
0: Get ready. The rabbi is there, really. It's like make that feel guilty. Not yes. coming to shul enough. So they're like, I'm, I say been? often, where you been? You joined last week. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen yeah, you in I've, six I've days. I seeing your face. <laughs> then once you're a member, like... You know, members. You know, I mean, they just enjoy the privilege of being part of uh, this community Mm -hmm. of, of, guess, like-minded people, if you will. Though we're not all like-minded, right? Actually, now that I think about it, we're not like-minded at all. We love to argue, but like, yeah, that's part of the privilege: is you get to argue, and uh, Mm -hmm. on the same footing as
1: any other person who's Jewish. So I guess the jokes there apply as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And of course, there's always the difference between what it says in your official theology and how it's actually played out. Right. And right. so if, if a brand new member were to say to you, you got everything wrong, you would probably have the footing to say, well, I actually went to school for this. And you know, you could. You'd be surprised how often I have to say that. Oh, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: <laughs> OK. <laughs> yeah. I often say, can we pretend that I'm the rabbi for a little while? Is that OK? Um, yes. But yeah, for sure. Okay, should we switch it around? Yeah, sure. All not? right. I just, my, I guess my question, my first question, Matt, is that like pretend like I'm a newcomer and uh, pretend we're either mm-hmm. pre-COVID or post-COVID, yeah. and uh, and I want to come to a service on Sunday. First of all, where do I park? We
1: are one of the lucky churches that has parking, Yeah, yeah. and not only do we have a front and back parking lot, but we have street parking around. And actually, recent studies have indicated that that is one of the primary factors in choosing which church you go visit. (laughs) I figured. Yeah. Which is baffling to me, but I guess, yeah, convenience matters. So... Okay. Okay. So I'm brand new, I find great parking, and I walk in. Yeah. Then what happens? This will vary greatly depending on which denomination and which individual congregation. In our church, you'll yes. find me at the door. So we have two doors, a so front right. and a back. But if you come to the front door, you'll find me at the door. And I like to tell my congregation, I feel like the dog waiting at the window when you're pulling in the driveway, oh. wagging my tail like, I'm so happy <laughs> to see you again. And same with new folks. So you'll you'll see me at the door. And if I'm not embarrassing myself, I'll recognize that you're new. And I'll sure. say hi, good to see you, welcome. Uh, how can you know? How can we make you more comfortable? Direct them to the coffee. Typically, there's hanging out coffee time for the first few minutes, and then we all make you know. People will make their way in and sit. And then most newcomers tend to sit in the back. That's, yes. And yes. then the That's very next pew up is where yeah. everyone else goes. You know, yeah, they yeah. all tend to the back. <laughs> I find that most people prefer to fly under the radar for a bit, but they're happy with one-on-one uh, conversations, and so I, I drink a lot of coffee with people who are thinking about joining. I see. And so we'll go out to a coffee shop nearby or telephone, or nowadays it's all telephone or, or email or whatever. So, so yeah. you get like a one-on-one to each person who's thinking about converting. One-on-one or one on their whole family, if it's a group, You know, right, depending right. on who it is. Yeah, it's rare that someone would attend and then say, sign me up for the membership class. Without having had a, a real conversation with me first, so there's a class. There is, yeah. Now you said it's is it weekly for a year for your it's, congregation? We have uh, well, we have we, we require twelve classes. Okay, and, there, and there's two. We offer two classes a month. Gotcha. All right. Okay, so, but that would be so you could get it done in half a year if you got all. Yeah, of them. they're not
0: they're episodic, right? I they're, see. they're not sequential, so you can you could you could do any. Mm-hmm. Any class in any kind of way. We don't have like a a cohort that joins and say, okay, now you got to take this class all
1: together. Oh, there you go. So we do cohorts. Now, again, what I'm going to speak of from here on out is just my congregation because it's so much variety. But in our congregation, that used to be a year-long thing once a week. And we're just finding that people don't have that kind of regularity in their schedule. They go on vacations. They miss here and there. Their kids have soccer, whatever. Soccer. that's it's, our biggest,
0: that's our biggest it's, <laughs> competition. It's America's soccer. fastest growing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so I figured, well, I could spend my first year of relationship with newcomers arguing about schedule, or we could go with it. So we I've really boiled it down into the essentials of four classes in the course of one month, one per Sunday. The final one is the Sunday they join, and those are somewhat intensive. It's like an hour and a half of me really digging into things, but it's all geared to launch them into the learning process. Okay, And then at the time of joining, we say, here's where I think you should be looking to continue to grow and deepen in your faith. The nature of the Christian faith often is wound up in the word discipleship, which simply means being a student. And so there's no way if we were to tell people to come daily for two years, we still wouldn't cover everything because it's it runs parallel to your life and so it's always going to be new so we focus our time now on giving the you know a shared framework a shared foundation and that's the launching point to continue learning and growing throughout your life
0: okay so essentially it's person that wants to be a member that they have to come four sundays in a row yeah and they have you have your worship service uh-huh. and then and then after that it's this class uh, flip flop we do it before the class yeah. and then the worship service yep. and so how many people are like do you, how many people do you like combine' like its like, one family sometimes or
1: yeah well we try not to do that because part of it is a cohort um, sure. you know we, we draw heavily on the imagery of the church being the body of Christ okay and so we are all contributing there's you know there's a finger and an eye and an ear and they all need to work together to provide whatever it is they contribute to the body and if one hurts we all hurt and so to have just one at a time would, I wouldn't say it's bad, but it doesn't contribute to that metaphor, you know. And so we want people to come in together. And also, it's just a nice way to make friends. Sometimes you come into a a community and you're not sure who your pals are. So this is a starting point. Um, Particularly in Alaska, someone might have moved here from Ohio and not know anybody. Well, here you go. Now you got five friends. Hey. (laughs) Right. Yeah, you're starting off that way. So our church right now, I think our membership is in the ballpark of 175. People or families? people. Oh, wait, thank you. Um, well, people, but not counting kids, because there's like an age limit. We don't have an official bar mitzvah kind of thing, but, <laughs> uh, but we do have a confirmation class every whenever we have a, a cohort large uh-huh. enough to do that, and then they become members at that point. Um, so 175 people, but then you have the kids that you add in. But here's a wrinkle also, and I, uh, let me know if this is the same for your community. We have our members there. They're the ones who have gone through the class, yeah. signed their name on the dotted line, so to speak, But then I would say an equally large number, ballpark of 150 to 200 people who are faithful members of our community. They come to worship as often as the members do. They contribute financially. They they do community service alongside of us with our group things, but they're not members. They they feel so, so
0: these are more than what, uh cr- creaser So
1: Christ-er. creaser is is not a polite term, I would okay. say. Okay, I, I would never <laughs> call somebody that to their yeah, to their face really unless yeah. they're good friends and yeah. We'll yeah. laugh yeah. about it. But we, we do have some members who are on the official membership rolls here that I see very infrequently. Mm-hmm. Some of them snowbird, you know, they spend their, yeah. their winters down south and so that's cool. Um, but some of them are right here in town and simply due to any number of valid reasons, maybe they they have health issues or maybe they are on a rotation where they work Sunday mornings frequently, whatever. or sometimes it's just what they do. They just don't show up other than a couple times a year. So mm-hmm. those people though, some of them are official members and I'll see them twice a year. Whereas other people in the church are not members on the books at all, but they're here every single week. Right.
0: Right. And I think it's important to kind of talk a little bit about how like, you know, membership is something that you pay for and how that's important for like you and me to, just to have our job.
1: Now, is careful that, is with that, is the that phrasing you, there. So, you,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk, let's talk yeah, about that. Yeah. So in,
1: in, in some secular things, for example, yeah, you pay for membership. Like yeah. Costco, you got to yeah. pay to get a membership card. In our In our tradition, you don't have to pay for membership. Um, it is uh, requested. And right. I would even go so far as to say it's expected. I had a conversation just last week with someone to say, particularly on our leadership board. Um, well, and what is, I'm sorry, what yeah. is the leadership board? Thanks. Um, the We call it the session in this group. It's elected people uh, who lead the church. So think Congress. We have a board of trustees. Well, trustees is a subcommittee of our session, is what it's called. Did I already say that? It's called the session. So we have uh, 15-ish people elected to the session, and they make the decisions. So, for instance, lay leaders. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, you're right. Lay leaders, and they're elected. In fact, the U.S. government based its system on the Presbyterian system. (gasps) So cool. Yeah, Yeah. I know. We're the best, and (laughs) and look how perfectly it's worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's it's very democratic. We are required by our Book of Order, think the Constitution, uh, to have it be as close as we can make it to representational of the makeup of the congregation. So if your congregation is 50-50 male-female, your leadership board should be as oh, well. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, and that's, you know, they don't make it specific like it has to be exactly, because it's hard to even ascertain that. Um, but but we're, we're required to strive for representational uh, makeup. I forgot where I was going with that, but uh, yeah, that's how it works. It's all very democratic. And I as the pastor, I, I have certain types of power and there's certain that I don't. Like I can't just make the decision. So this past summer we voted as a session, the leadership committee, to put Black Lives Matter signs up mm-hmm. on our property. As the pastor, I can't just do that. Sure. Right? Sure. It's not I I have no dictatorial dictatorial powers or aspirations really. And and so um so I and a subcommittee uh, Brought this idea to the whole session and said, please, please make the decision. What do you think? And it was a great conversation. It was not unanimous, but it was approved. And so it was, it was good stuff.
0: Okay. Uh, that's, that's fascinating. Well, we um, got off on a tangent there. I know, but, you know, I know. We, Let's bring it back. Let's bring yeah. it back. So, um, so I would like to, like, if I were a newcomer, I think yeah. the thing that I would probably come to first would be like the Sunday worship service, right? Absolutely. That's that normally what draws, yeah. at least for uh, us on Shabbat, mm-hmm. I mean, our Shabbat service often draws...
1: The newcomers, yeah,
0: and so what would I experience? And say uh, a normal pre-COVID yeah. worship service.
1: Um, you would come in. People would be milling about, having coffee. There's a fire going. There are snacks out. Is um, a fire going? We have a fireplace. Down oh, a there. fireplace. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was like, you is, know, for the burnt like off the fire rings.
0: Christ. Like, what's? No. what's <laughs>
1: No, it's uh, in the fireplace. Typically, there's a fire. Um, the fireplace. It's just so Fancy. homey and welcoming, you know. Wow. And same with the food. It's not like any of us are starving, but you put donuts out, and it feels friendly. And donuts. Sometimes it depends okay. on the Sunday. Sometimes the it's donut. cookies. <laughs> well, you mentioned guilt earlier. Yes, yes. If not, if we don't have a lot of people signing up for the who's bringing snacks list, yeah. one day there'll just be no snacks. And we're like, oh. well, that's what you happens. You, you when people... like, I
0: wish there were snacks. So exactly. More <laughs> often, so,
1: that. you know, if you show up right at 11, I, I start very punctually um, for a number mm-hmm. of reasons. But one of them being we have people tuning in online. Uh-huh. And so I want to be punctual for them. They might have set some time aside. But I just like to start on time, also, and we have an organist who's playing the prelude music in the background. According to the actual theology, that's part of the worship service. So when you enter the sanctuary, you should kind of change your—you your, don't be shouting out to pals across the room. Hey, what's up, knucklehead? You know, you want to kind of let it be a worshipful space. Hopefully, when you say the word knucklehead, <laughs> sanctuary. <laughs> and then, right—you know—when I when I feel that she's wrapping up, our organist, I'll walk to the front. And I will start with a welcome. And I try to keep that time very lighthearted, very inviting. Uh, I'll make a lot of jokes, be very silly. I kind of feel a little bit like Jimmy Fallon during the monologue. You know, <laughs> like, like we're so glad you're here. Great yeah. to have you here. Give it up for the roots. <laughs> um, and then depending on the Sunday, I will say if anyone is here for the first time, if you're interested, stand up. I'll bring you the microphone. Look right at the beginning, and you can introduce yourself. Yeah, good uh-huh. and brave. Wow. Well, see that's the thing. We again, I read a lot of statistics on this and surveys. Some people hate that. Some people love it. Uh-huh. And people will choose to leave if you do it too much, and they'll choose to leave if you don't do it enough. You know, Oof. it's a, it's really a middle really ground, idea. huh? Yeah, so I do it almost every Sunday. Do you, do you, do you make eye contact with people? who? You no, don't? Okay. and that's important because <laughs> I always phrase it in such a way where I just overtly say, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. It's not for everybody. Yeah. Not everyone likes it, and if you would rather not, then then there's no guilt at all. I would say almost every Sunday we get at least one hand raised. Okay. For a newcomer we we're fortunate in our location. a lot of tourists hit us up because we're, we're right by on the, the park way strip.
0: yes, its first press is downtown yeah, we yeah we're downtown we're, adjacent yeah
1: and so a lot of the tourists will be walking distance in the hotels or they're downtown checking things out anyway. People like our stained glass window and the architecture of it, so they will come in to look at that sometimes um but even the winter months we get we get visitors almost every week, and that is where a large number of our membership will eventually grow from people come in and they they felt welcomed they felt it was friendly as opposed to some places you go and it's kind of like if you don't already know you're not going to know and if and no one will say hi and things like that so so i'll i've got the little wireless microphone i run down the aisle i hand them the microphone They, they say who they are where they're from typically the congregation will Respond to it in some way. They'll, like, someone from across the way will go, oh, I'm from there, you know, if they're visiting from out oh, of town, yeah. or there's, all these connections happen. Yeah. I, I'm I'm super lucky that my congregation, the people in it are just real friendly and gregarious, and so they'll be quick to go say hi to those folks afterwards. That's how a lot of them come. Now, you and I both, I'm going off on a tangent, if that's okay, sure, but... Yeah, that's what we're all about. You and I both do a lot of community work, Uh whether it's touching on community service or uh, public advocacy. And so I get a lot of folks that way as well. Sometimes I appear on local news or I'll write something for the local newspaper and then I always... No, I can anticipate and bank on it that if something I wrote was in the paper or if I gave an interview on TV or the radio, the following Sunday, we'll have a spike in visitors. Wow. Because they're like, oh, I was raised to believe that the church only believed A, B, and C. Yes. But I just saw this pastor say D, E, and F and said, I need to check that out because they've been walking around with this sense of their spirit is yearning for connection to a community and to God. But they thought they had to for example, deny that gay people are God's beloved children, right? Right. And they might never see otherwise until they're like, oh, wait a minute. Here's someone out in public wearing the clergy garb and saying you can be gay and also a Christian. And so, so whenever we do one of our thing, you and I find ourselves making good trouble together frequently. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, whenever we do one of those, I know we'll get a spike the following Sunday. Now, oftentimes that also comes with a little bit of hate mail. Sure. <laughs> but, yeah, I you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. a give, give and take, and, and it's okay. So, so that's, um, it's not always just for the worship service. And particularly in this day and age when the Christian brand, so to speak, I say that with my tongue in my cheek, is is damaged you know there's a lot of stuff that the christian church has done in current events and also some of our historical deeds are now being seen for what they truly were the that leads a lot of people to to not want to put their name down as a member of a church but they still have this i'm spiritual but not religious approach so they they want to know can i come learn about this and kind of take a a sample taste of what you all offer but don't expect anything of me or I am out of here. Right. You know, it's, it's a, a real, flight. it's a real, like yeah. think when you're fishing and they're kind of bumping on the hook, you know? Yeah, and, the, yeah. and so our policy as a church is is no pressure where we've just made that change. A lot of, uh, you know, the word evangelical has its roots in a movement that was very, I'm going to say aggressive and assertive in trying to convert people actively and even forcefully. And we've chosen to do the opposite. We we will be here for you. Y'all come. The welcome mat is out. And and we would love to have you. But but it's at your own speed.
0: All right. Well, so bringing it back a little bit. Yeah. So I just said my name. (laughs) You hand me the microphone. Oh, yeah, yeah. What happens after that? Like, what's going on in this worship service?
1: I said, give me 50 bucks. (laughs)
0: Is there a tithing thing that happens? There's a
1: moment. So I, again, like I said, part of it is just my own personal peccadillo that I will say we start at 11. And as I'm giving the benediction, that's the very closing final words, I'm checking the clock because I want it to be 12 o'clock noon on the dot. So it's an hour, exactly an hour. I try to make it exactly an hour. Oh, man, I I try to make it 40 minutes. Oh, boy, you win. You win. (laughs) The reason I do that is probably the same as yours. One is... I like to play a game with myself and so it's that, it's yeah, fun to it's try like, to yeah, hit that yeah. number precisely. But also I want to be really respectful of people's times. They, they have come of their own voluntary goodwill to be a part of this and I don't want to overstay that welcome. And if anyone wants more time to stay around, after the worship service, there's more donut time. Yeah, we have that too. We yeah. call it oneg, which means dessert. We call it fellowship time, and yeah. fellowship is one of those words you never hear other than a church, really, right. or Tolkien. Of other um, uh, Ring. I, I see you're going. Yeah, yeah there you go. go yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so people can stay there as long as they want. That's open for hours. So, but my part, I relinquish my hold on your attention at one hour exactly. Um, so the the this thing starts with the welcome, and then. There will be a call to worship. That's like a brief uh, prayer that's printed in the bulletin. Oh, there's an important thing. You walk in, you're handed a piece of paper that is the bulletin. And it's got the outline of things that are to come. Over the course of the next hour. Oh, okay. And you call it? A, I think when I think of a I think of like a, a schedule for the week. Right. So you might. Some places will call it like if you go to um, a play, a musical theater play, they give you the program. Yes. And it's got the order of songs have, in it and I the see. intermission. Is it's, it
0: different every every
1: Sunday? Yep. Uh huh. So every Sunday you print out a new. Yep. You got Whoa. it. So I choose artwork for the front. Um, sometimes I create artwork for the front if I'm feeling. That's right. You're or, bra- you're if bra- I'm feeling art. You like it, you dabble in Yeah. Um, and then it's yeah. It's, it says welcome and announcements, and it says call to worship, and then it says introit. That's our choir. We're super lucky to have a choir. We have. We have a great director, and the the singers are wonderful. So we'll have I think four per usual Sunday. When it's not COVID, we'll have four uh, songs, three of which the whole congregation sings along with. They'll look in the hymnal. Uh, the numbered hymns are printed in the bulletins. People go, "Oh, turn to hymn number 353," and there you go. And then there's a hymnal with the book and the an open. I'm so right. jealous
0: of the hymnal. Oh my God.
1: It's it's nice. And yeah. those and those hymns are selected by committees nationwide that make sure their theology of the lyrics line up with our denomination. And so, yeah, we go through the whole thing. And um, one of the elements of that is an offering time where we pass the plate, literally pass the plate. People put stuff in if they want. We have a card that says "I gave online," so people feel like they're contributing by putting something in the plate. You know, so you, so you could literally write "I gave online" on a card. It's pre-printed, Do and people actually give online and just write. Oh yeah. It? Okay. Well, both. <laughs> we don't like. I don't take attendance. I'm like, all right. I saw Dave put in a card, and so I'm gonna go <laughs> check. Let's go, go find check. Dave online. Yeah. And importantly, to that point, I don't know who gives what. Uh-huh. In our particular structure, I I never know who gives at all. And then if someone does give, I don't know how much. And so that's, that's a personal choice, different clergy do that differently. But I, 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 I like having that, uh, that ignorance. So I treat all people as equal donors. I think I feel like this would be a good a better a topic for another month would
0: be membership. I think we should unpack yeah, yeah. that a bit.
1: But I don't think it's yeah. not enough really.
0: We, yeah, we'll go into that later. There. Yeah.
1: So then I give my sermon, I try to limit that to fifteen minutes maximum and then that usually is the way I write things out outline form can you know, that depends. Some some longer, some shorter. Yeah, and then we uh, a few other hymns, some specialized prayers. We do the Lord's Supper once a month. We can get into sacraments some other time, I'm sure. Sure. Uh, and then that's the end of the day. Do you, is it just the one service, or is there yeah. another service? Just the one per week right now. Um, we were doing two. Several years ago, this church-congregation split, uh-huh. and with the newer, smaller numbers, it just wasn't necessary. And in fact, each Sunday morning service, one was at 8, one was at 11, each of them felt so empty. And half-filled. So we were like, well, why do that? Let's all meet at once and have it feel like a party. So our congregation has been slowly growing. And so we might reach that point again where it makes sense to split. But I, I love having everyone together. I mean, you wouldn't have Thanksgiving dinner with your family and say, we're going to have half of you eat at 3 and half of you eat at 6. You know, let's, let's all gather. Yeah,
0: you it's funny because we always do two. We, yeah. we do Friday night and Saturday morning. But they're different. Like, they're, like yeah. I don't give a sermon Saturday morning. Right. Uh, we do it. We, we study the, the Torah uh-huh. Saturday morning in, instead.
1: Yeah. Um, but I, um, I do think there's a lot to be said for offering several services throughout the week for the benefit of meeting people's schedules. Yeah. Because, like we yeah, said before, really some important. people can't make it Sunday morning. Right. And it's so, okay. And... You know, one of our kids had some some real special needs, and mornings were the hardest. Sure. And if we had had a Sunday evening option, we would have taken it, no question. Absolutely. And yeah. so, so I can see that being very reasonable. I wouldn't want to split it. Some churches split because of stylistic choice. Like, half the people say, I want modern music, and half the people say, I want traditional music. And they're like, let's just do two separate services. I, I don't think that's such a good idea. You end up with two different families, really. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I think we should wrap this up. Yes. Um, if you have any uh, uh, dumb questions that you want to ask us, you can email us, and we promise we won't tell anyone who you are, uh, and you'll be very anonymous. Um, but, uh, but I think we're going to move on now yeah. to uh, Stray Dogma. Things that annoy us about our religion. Yes. Um, and
1: uh, I wrote one down. Oh, yeah. I, I you feel so hair. strongly. Well, how about you go first It was then? just the very first thing that came to mind when we thought, what is something that your religion does that bothers you? And I see it all the time now. My answer is... Make promises that we can't keep.
0: Now, is that is that you making promises you can't no. keep?
1: No. Okay, okay. I don't do this, okay. and
0: <laughs> and I feel
1: like in some ways I lose members to the church across town because the church across town will say, if you follow Jesus and join our church, you're going to be healthy and wealthy. Oh, I see. And it's a prosperity doctrine. Prosperity gospel, right yeah, there, is yeah. terrible. But it's not just healthy and wealthy. It's also you'll always be joyful and happy and placid in your soul and. Meanwhile, I'm over here. sounds nice. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a combination of the lottery and morphine, but it's not real. And so if they're out there preaching that, they're going to get a lot of people checking it out because it sounds awesome. Whereas I'm over here preaching, you know, the life of faith requires sacrifice Uh and the life of faith may very well lead you to a place where you have less money than you have now and it won't make you sicker, but it also won't guarantee you health. You, you, you could get sick tomorrow and it could be fatal and your faith is not gonna cure that and I can't heal your cancer with my faith powers. Do you, so, you have
0: faith powers?
1: I do, but they're, they're all <laughs> about reading and writing. <laughs> uh, so that, that really is frustrating to me, not only because, like I said, there's a certain jealousy to me that they gather a crowd by telling lies. And I'm like, I wouldn't mind having those people come hear what I've prepared. So that's that's my selfish frustration with it. My selfless frustration with it is the people that go to that church, if they buy into that heresy, if they buy into that false gospel, they are just devastated when it proves false. When they get cancer and they're dying and they say, I don't understand. I've prayed with all my faithfulness. How come it didn't work? Because now they not only have their physical crisis and end of their life, they also have this soul-shattering faith crisis where they realize they've been believing something that's false this whole time. And, um, you know, they might lose their job. And they start saying things like, am I just not a good enough Christian? Because I thought if I prayed and was faithful, that money would come back tenfold, which is some of the, phrase, the phraseology that they use. And um, so it, it keeps hardship upon hardship that here they are encountering these slings and arrows of outrageous fortune as we all do and on top of that they now realize that they've they've been lied to by their church all along so that's frustrating so that's that's my stray dogma is the yeah the the prosperity gospel and all of its similar things are just terrible they're harmful and destructive to people
0: oh that is a serious. I made one. it sad, didn't I? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's no. It's, I, feel out, I feel for those people yeah. dude, who believe so strongly in this and, and it lets it down. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll pick a, a, a less serious one for yeah, you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if that's too heavy, there's jargon in the Christian church, Christian church. jargon that is as gross. And they say things like I mentioned fellowship earlier. No one sure. else says that. Well, in youth ministry, and I've got a background with a lot of youth ministry, and for some reason there came this phrase, um, like if you're trying to build a relationship with someone or take care of someone, you say, I'm just going to love on that person. Love on that. Love oh. on that person. What an
0: interesting preposition, on. Right? Yeah.
1: Isn't it creepy and a little oh. bit uncomfortable and like strangely... Does that mean like,
0: focus on that person? I
1: think so, yeah. Okay. And, and and focus in a way that you're intentionally caretaking, which if you said those kinds of things, I'd be a bit more on board. But, but to say, I'm going to love on that person... A, it's only ever said in church circles. Never heard it anywhere else. And B, it's just icky. It uh, seems like
0: inauthentic maybe? Is that, is that the Inauthentic
1: problem? and just strangely too... There's a physicality to it. Love on you. It feels like like a touchy feeliness that certainly we need to be aware of. Being careful not to be too... Uh, too intimate maybe. Maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah. There's just... Yeah. Something about it is nails on a chalkboard for me. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. How about you? Okay. Uh, all right, so
0: um, so so just just so everyone knows, I'm a Reform rabbi, mm-hmm. not with an ed at the end. Reform,
1: and uh, and so That's, well, let me interrupt you. Yeah, the Presbyterian Church is part of the Reform tradition. I figured, yeah, no yeah. ed at the yeah, end, yeah, just no Reform. Yeah, no ed at yeah.
0: the end. That should be like our tagline. No right? ed. <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: That's got other connotations. Oh shoot! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry, but go on. Yeah. You were and,
0: saying. and so, but you know, so I'm 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 a, I'm part of a tradition that's very old, right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you'll hear me reference say not just Orthodox Judaism, uh, but traditional Judaism, uh-huh. Judaism before the Reform movement came around. And so when it comes to conversion, it looks a lot different. Okay. Uh, so first of all, uh, the joke is that to convert in sort of like a more traditional sense is a dip in a snip. Right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> right? The dip being going into the mikvah, the uh-huh. snip being getting circumcised. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so that's how used to how you had to do it. Uh-huh. Um, and then once you got the dip and the snip, you just follow all the precepts of Judaism, and you're good to go. Right. Now, the, reform, the, the version that I gave you of conversion is very much a reformed version of doing it, the one-year process. Yeah. Um, but there was a, and another thing that, like, oof, this really gets me. And then it, you're supposed to turn away someone three times before you let them through the process, really? Of three times, Matt. Like, like
1: first so of all, so they come to ask, "Can I join?"
0: And you you're say, like, "No." Oh no,
1: heck no, right? You know, and they have to come again. You need to say, "Uh uh-uh, uh," and then come again. So a
0: thir- let me let me in- yes, interrupt yes. you,
1: please do. Did you watch the movie Doctor Strange and are you familiar with like Kung Fu movies? I mean, i i love Doctor Strange. First of all, we can go deep into that. Yeah. Uh, I am familiar with Kung Fu. So in both of those, you have a similar process where yeah. the 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 self the, the one desiring to be the student shows up and is turned away. Yeah. With Doctor Strange, it was like like harshly for a long period of time, right? And in Kung Fu movies, I I've seen that several times. I, I want to study under this martial arts master, and they say no, and maybe there's like 10 kids outside. And they all want to study, and little by little, they all go away, but until there's just the one left, and then they come out and say, yes, you may come in. Yeah, I didn't know that had any parallel Absolutely. within the Jewish faith. The Jewish but, like,
0: faith. but think about, huh. like, just think, I often think of the logistics of that. Like When you've got six people yeah. wanting to become Jewish, and they're all at different levels of asking you, uh-huh. You need to keep it an Excel spreadsheet to guarantee <laughs> that each person gets the three turnaways. Like right. it just seems so complicated,
1: right? And if they know that that's the case, they're going to stick around. And if they don't know that's the case, that's really rude. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So like I, I'm just you know I know plenty of orthodox rabbis that don't do this. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. And, but it is a part of our tradition. Right. Wow. And, and uh, as Fiddler on the roof teaches us, tradition is important.
1: <laughs> well, um, can I? <laughs> Both of our traditions have confession as part of our life, and uh, I've never seen Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, no. I know. I no. think I think no. I saw it when I was like like 9 or 10, and I don't remember it at all. And one of my uh, members of my church here was just telling me the other day, I have to see it. It's so good. But I just never got around to it. So okay, well, I I apologize. You got some uh, what divines <laughs> us homework then. That's right. Yeah. Watching
0: Doctor Strange and the fiddler in the roof. I feel oh, like that's fiddler, a double right, feature. Right yeah. on, <laughs> <laughs> they're practically the same movie. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, so that kind of that, I find that a little frustrating about, about our about the Jewish tradition. Is yeah. That, is do that, you receive any pressure to do that from anybody? You know, I don't really receive pressure to do that, though I do have people who wonder about that. And they say, you know, you know, why don't you turn, you know, why don't you turn away people mm-hmm. more often? I'm like, because it's not. Welcoming, like that value yeah. of being welcoming is so important to me that I'm willing to not turn away someone even once. What's I,
1: the What's the motivator for doing it? What, where would that tradition have grown from? What's the benefit but, to doing well, it? Well,
0: you know, I think first of all, it used to, you know, think about like in medieval times, it was dangerous to be Jewish. Oh, uh, sure. Right. It was. Sure. It was hard. It was hard. You didn't. You know, back when I was a kid, I thought you know it was all about knights and damsels and. All that fun stuff. Not realizing if I were Jewish, I'd be living in a ghetto, like, you know, in my own little insular community. Um, And the only jobs I could really uh, be able to do would be essentially either being like a a money changer, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, or some kind of like, I don't know, salesperson. Um, You know, and so, like, and, um, you know, so it was very limiting. And so to become, to convert from Christianity to Judaism, would have been like a heresy on the highest level yeah. because of it's a Christian. These are all Christian, like essentially countries, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, and so I think it was dangerous. So the, the, I think part of it, the turn away, is that like, are you sure you want to commit to this level of danger? Yeah, and that's still a thing today, Matt. Like, sure. Like, still people are like, I, I, I want to be Jewish, even though I understand this anti-Semitism out there. Yeah, and I, and I'm like, so in some strange way, some people feel like they're embracing
1: a level of danger right, of to be course. Jewish. Yeah. So I would think that's still very important to communicate that. Yeah. You can just communicate it in a way that's not turning people away. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. I, the way, normally, the way I do, I'm like, why would you want to join a people with so much baggage, right. especially when it comes to the Holocaust,
1: mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are you
0: sure you want to do that? Yeah. Like, you
1: know, that's a lot. Have you seen the flags that are flying in D.C. the last few months? <laughs> yes, <then>? yes, <laughs> yes,
0: That's difficult. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's not really my, my approach. Also, like, you know, to be Jewish in our community, you have to have tenacity, right? You're not yeah. going to convert if you uh-huh. don't spend the time. And so I, I don't like... I just sit back and watch and I, I see what you do, you know? And so if you keep coming, if you, uh, if you come to the 12 classes or more, and, uh, and, and like a year from there, you're like, I, I'm ready. And I'm like, sure. But yeah, then, yeah. That's, on, that's on the person. I'm not going to be like pushing or pulling. Maybe I it's mean, another t- way of like, of, of a, instead of saying no three times, it's just like, I just, I just I say yes, but then, I'm, yeah. but then I say it's up to you now to be tenacious enough to you know, participate. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. There you go. I like it. So now our third part, which we still need a name for, yeah. which we'll placehold that for a moment, um, but should we talk about uh, Bruce Springsteen and that uh, and Yeah, that I mean, the, the point commercial? of this
1: section was whatever happened this week, really, and <laughs> yeah. the, the impeachment trial is still happening as we speak, I suppose, yeah, and so yeah. it may be premature to render a verdict on that, so to speak. Um, but I, I, feel like, I feel like that commercial is great for us, because it has like yeah. a theology component that we yeah. can kind of like really yeah. unpack. So in the Super Bowl this year, uh, there was a commercial for Jeep, and it had Bruce Springsteen on it. And full disclosure, I am a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Yeah. I saw him in concert in Newark, New Jersey. I mean, that's that's the holy land of the boss. And so it's, um, I, I just love so many of his songs, and I really appreciate a lot of the stuff he puts out there. In my opinion, this Jeep commercial was just a—we'll call it a car wreck.
0: Should we explain what the commercial kind of sure? And yeah, go and on ahead. See yeah. Well, so so from what I saw, essentially, uh, Bruce Springsteen, which he first to the lower forty-eight, which I thought was cool.
1: That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. But, well uh, done. But
0: he, he finds like the the middleest middle yeah. of America, but literal middle, like, like right, like actual like in the, the geographic ge- somewhere in, in Kansas, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Um, and so and then apparently, like on that spot. There sits a chapel. Yes. So it's pretty small to me, like a really small chapel.
1: Yeah, and that's a real place that pre-existed the commercial by a long time. Right. But yeah, it's a small chapel, and uh, he went on to wax eloquent. I don't think he wrote the commercial, interestingly. Okay. I know he's his own lyricist, but he didn't write these words. But he goes on to talk about, uh, in the middle of America. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. He, he went on talking about how right in that middle of America, there's a chapel and it's a place where we can all meet in the middle, find right. common ground and meet in the middle. It's a beautiful message. It, it's, it, it's a beautiful mirage. A, a mirage. Uh, I yes. find it to be beautiful in the way the siren song was beautiful, in that it can lure people to a great danger. Oh, my goodness. I, I see it as a destructive commercial. So Interesting. Meeting in the middle does sound nice. It has some good connotations to it, but there's... It, I think he even used the phrase middle ground is holy land, didn't he? Is that know. from the commercial? I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I watched the commercial, of course, yeah. but I was very
0: distracted uh, because at the time that mm-hmm. they filmed this, it was winter, and Bruce yeah. Springsteen's Jeep had no roof right. It was like a, <laughs> it was a convertible Jeep, and I was like... Bruce Springsteen, don't get frostbite. Like, is this this American treasure gonna get hypothermia for this commercial? Frostbite and not be able to play
1: guitar anymore. Right, I couldn't focus on anything else for a moment. There, that's a good point. I was very distracted by that. Well, also, he's wearing these work boots that are all scuffed up, as if he's worked a day in his life. (laughs) He, I mean, he he plays music it's
0: hard being an American, you know, American musician yeah but he's not
1: doing it in a pasture you know he's not <laughs> out there and he put on a cowboy hat and I'm like you're was, from Asbury no, Park pal I actually like that cowboy hat only because I thought I might make him a little bit warmer that's true that yeah. was my <laughs> and wasn't he was wearing work gloves and like he picks up a handful of topsoil and like kind of filters that, it through his fingers I know. I'm like, I, I thought Bruce, the part but I thought the part was kind of cool like like the soil like, like
0: land has soil has like power like the land has power
1: yeah but there it was as if to me he put on a farmer's costume. Uh, Like, he would have been great if he stood up in the fake cornfield on Hee Haw and was like, Salute! Is that that before your time, probably? probably. You're a youngster. (laughs) But it was, yeah, like, campy costume of, I'm gonna play dress up like a farmer today, guys. Or a rancher, maybe. He was kind of half rancher, half farmer. America. He was America. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know... Like, if he had walked down there with a calculator in his hand and a pencil, (laughs) like, dressed like an accountant... And then talked about finding it would be weird, right? I so guess so. Yeah, why is he dressed up I, as this other thing that he? I don't
0: know. Though I, I can picture. But the thing is that, like, like for me, it like it, 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 that part of it, the costume landed uh-huh. only because, like, I, I picture like Bruce Springsteen being like America's musician, like being yeah. like fully America. Right, so that like the costume landed for me. If he had worn, if he had like a calculator and like mm-hmm. and like, like some point Dexter glasses or right. whatever, like I'd be like, whoa, what's happening? Like, who right. Is so guy? to me,
1: that's just as off brand for Springsteen as the farmer rancher cowboy outfit was, because yeah, his iconic song is "Born to Run," it's all about hopping in your hot rod and driving off the Jersey Turnpike with your girl. It's not farmer it's 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 urban and suburban angst and you know getting out of new jersey before you kill yourself is really the heart of born to run (laughs) or maybe this is like the next step hey i made it i got out of jersey (laughs) (laughs) came to kansas all about getting out of jersey i guess Uh, I did (laughs) all right
0: we got a little off topic here yeah yes so so the middle ground we're we're clergy
1: here's why the middle ground is dangerous is because we are not called to grow closer to the middle between ourselves and the other person that's not how you get closer to the other person you're called to get closer to the other person by getting closer to the truth the closer you each draw to the truth well the closer you're gonna get to each other in the process point being Let's go back in our own history between slavery and not slavery, slavery and um, full um, abolition. The middle ground there was maybe indentured servitude. And there's no virtue in that. Right now, we have literal Nazis engaged in an insurrection in the U.S. Capitol. And the other hand, other side people saying don't. The middle ground between those two is not, like, insurrections only on Tuesdays, right? The the middle ground is not appropriate. (laughs) Insurrections only on Tuesdays. Right. Yeah, the only thing to say to those insurrectionists is, that's against the law. You're under arrest. You're gone. Mm -hmm. And uh, the middle ground is not at all holy ground. And, in fact, that incrementalism has been used to prolong injustice throughout history. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, You know... I guess for me,
0: like, being a rabbi yeah. and watching uh, Bruce Springsteen just walk into a chapel, like, I didn't feel included. Of course. In yeah, there's a image. cross right yeah, there, right? Yeah, yeah, I didn't feel included in that image. Uh-huh. And so so certainly, like, him seeing the middle ground and walking to a, a chapel with a cross yeah. was not how I would experience a middle ground. But I, I guess, you know, that's my... So my first pass is very similar to yours, yep. I guess. But I, I have a second pass. Okay. And, and that is that, like... In missing the mark of what I think this, by the way, to drive a Jeep, apparently, is the real goal of this commercial. Of course. Yeah, it's it's, It's all about buying a Jeep. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But in, in missing this mark, which by the way, Next, uh, the word hate in Hebrew, which is the word for sin, yeah.
1: literally means to miss the mark. It's an archery term. Uh, it's amar hamartia in the Koine Greek. Ah, so, cool. it's the same, with the same connotation yeah, yeah, of archery yeah. and target. Yeah.
0: <sighs> okay, I'll get to my point. Now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I'm missing the mark and trying to talk about this, missing the mark. Right. But uh, anyway, so I feel like the conversation that engendered because Bruce Springsteen missed the mark has been very valuable. Like, oh, I love yeah, it. sure. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I wonder if, if, if he had nailed it. I don't know what, what nailing would have looked like. Yeah. Or, you know, it, maybe it looked at us all buying Jeeps. But if, if he had nailed it, like, would we have had this conversation? Right. And, and yeah, so, I don't know.
1: I don't know. Uh, does that excuse it? Or are we just making lemonade? Oh, I don't, no, I'm not trying I mean, to yeah. excuse it, right? But <laughs> right. it happened. It yeah. happened. So maybe the term eliminated out, out of limits. Yeah, but and like, I think that's good. I, I, another thing that, you know, you mentioned the the fact that it's obviously a Christian chapel. Yeah. And people have said, look, it's like, it's non-denominational and it's ecumenical. It's like, well, you've expanded your circle, but it's still a pretty tight circle. Yeah, yeah. And, but a, one aspect of it is the cross that they showed was mounted on the outline of the lower 48 with the U.S. flag printed on it. So it was cross and flag as one. And that is two things. It's... Christian nationalism adjacent, which Uh is dangerous, and it's certainly civil religion, which is something we can get into in another podcast sometime, right? It's civil religion one day. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. So it's it's definitely this blending of patriotism and faith, which is super dangerous. I mean, it's a volatile. It's so funny
0: because I saw that and I was like, yes. I mean, not, not that, not that I, I, I appreciate the cross, because you're right. I mean, as yeah. a rabbi, I felt a little put off by that. Uh-huh. But, like, we have an American flag, like, right on our, right on our bima, which right. is our podium. Uh-huh. Um, you, know, I, I be, I, you know, I believe, like, I, I, like, I love this country. Like, right. you know, and I want to yeah. support it as much as I, as much as I can in any way that I can. Right. And, being, and for me, being Jewish is also being American. Like, that, that, like for me, it's all tied
1: together. Um, yeah, I agree. It's all tied together. But, like, I love my big brother and I love my little brother. But I would never say they're the same. Mm, okay. They're totally different people and independent of one another. And one of them's a jerk. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> you know who you are. No, but, and so it's just dangerous. And I, yeah, let's, let's, let's save this because it's a huge topic. Getting into the civil religion of it. And we have a flag in our sanctuary too. And it's a topic of great discussion. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, let's, let's maybe think of that for another day to really dig into civil religion. Because that's, that's a bugaboo and That'd a half. Be a fun topic. And, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we unpacked that pretty well.
0: So I think we're about to conclude our, uh, our first podcast. Super. Um, I think before, I want to give a couple thank yous.
1: One for actually for, for you, Matt, for agreeing to co-host this. Oh, thing. my pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. This, was, this was Abrams' idea. Thank you for <laughs> allowing me to be a part of it. It's really fun. Um,
0: and then uh, the Your brothers uh, who uh, performed the, the music for this. And also uh, to James Brown, who also created, helped create our logo. Um, big thank you. to And uh, yeah, and we're really excited. And so about this, and so I think every month we'll release a podcast that kind of under this under this sort of mode of these three sort of c- categories of uh, this idea about like, we're um, religion 101, yeah, stray dogma, and then whatever this third part is, we're going to end up calling. We'll, it. we'll name it something. <laughs> yeah, You're
1: griping about jeeps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have information of how they, people can find the podcast? I suppose they have if they're listening or uh, if they want to want to direct them to your website or something. Yeah, let's
0: talk about that for a moment. So uh, we'll be on all places you, you get your, your podcast, okay, for example. Um, and then if you want to see uh, myself or Matt in action, I, uh, I imagine we're, we're both online because of COVID. And so yeah. for my con- congregation, you can go to frozenchosen.org. That's our so website. slick, yes. man.
1: Yes. Ours, I don't even remember our website. <laughs> Sorry, go on. What were you saying? Or,
0: or, or on Facebook, we're Beth Shalom Alaska is our Facebook um, name. So uh, Shalom, though, you should spell because I always spell Right, it. right. It's S-H-O-L-O-M. It's a weird spelling of Shalom. I'll get into that later. Uh, okay. But, uh, but yes. Um, so that's how you can reach uh, uh, my community. Uh, my and H-O-L-O-M. for us, I would
1: say please just Google us, First Presbyterian Church of Anchorage, Alaska. Now, make sure you put Alaska in there because there is... A First Presbyterian Church of Anchorage, Kentucky. Uh, There's Anchorage in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. I have to go and all indications, I've had limited interactions, but they seem like real friendly, wonderful people. So if you watch them online, I I can't argue. Maybe they're great. But if you're looking for for us, uh, it's just Google First Presbyterian Church of Anchorage, Alaska. It'll get you to our. Homepage, our web page, our uh, Facebook page, also, and also our YouTube page, and that'll give you all the options you want, and you can find my phone number on there too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, well, thank you for listening, and uh,
1: and take care. See you soon. Bye.